zone. up everybody welcome back to another episode of the fantasy football shop that's right we're bringing you another episode this week featuring our 24 no featuring our under 24 series so that's mine i messed that up that's my bad but who cares you know what because we're here to talk fantasy football anyway (laughs) and as always i'm joined by my co-host matt say what's up to people matt What's going on, good people? Uh, ready to talk some fantasy, man. Let's go. And this week, fresh off his graduation, we got Big Blue joining us. Big old dome of his filled with knowledge. <laughs> what's up, Big yo, Blue? Yo, what's going on, brother? Well, I, I mean, you tell us. Uh, you had a uh, celebrity uh, interview last week, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're very excited about that. Me and my man, Matt Perk. <laughs> Awesome day, man. How out of my life. Can't lie to you. How out of my life. Guy kind of makes right. you look a little miniature there, uh, Big he Blue. He's a big dude, man. Very <laughs> down to earth, very humble, man. Very humble. And what did he yeah, have I, to tell you about our boy on the offensive line, man? Uh, you know, I approached somebody. You know, I had to approach him about it. I said, listen, man. I said, the game against Washington Redskins, you had to come in and, and, and uh, sign up for, for Thomas, man. He said, nah, man. Andrew Thomas solid, man. That's my brother. He's solid. Trust me, man. Y'all not going to be disappointed this year. He's solid. So, hey, he's been there. He's seen more than I do. So, let's hope, let's hope he's right on this one. Good stuff, man. Yeah. So, that's for our Giants fans out there. All three of us are Giants fans. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the FF Shop. Follow me at the Mage underscore NFL. Make sure you follow Matt at Mr. Chris172. And follow our boy B, Big Blue at I Bleed Blue number four ever EVA. All right, Matt, let's get started with some news and notes from around the league. All right, what's going on, man? Welcome to another week of the Fantasy Football Shop Fantasy News and Notes. This week is kind of light, but I'm going to start off with the heaviest news of the week. Julio Jones finally got traded to the Titans. How do you guys feel about this trade and his fantasy outlook moving forward? Well, I'll start. Uh, Big Blue is muted right now. So Um, Julio Jones going to the Titans, I'm really not sure – what this means, I, I think Julio is going to have a really good year. I can see him putting over a thousand yards again, albeit as long as he's healthy. I, I mean, this is almost an identical situation to the New York Giants, although the Giants don't have an AJ Brown and a Julio Jones, but they do have that one game there with Saquon Barkley. Same thing with Derrick Henry. As a fantasy owner, I think I love what this means a lot more for Derrick Henry than what I think this means for Julio Jones, but in Tennessee. I think that they can support 2,000-yard wide receivers, and I think that's what's going to happen there in Tennessee. What about you, Big Blue? Big Blue, I'll mute your mic, Big Blue. You know, I, I, I love the move. I was, I was excited when I heard about it. Listen, the offense with Julio Jones is going to be crazy. 
And um, you just said the Giants. I'm going to go back a little further with the Giants. The year when they had Victor Cruz and Hakeem Nix, and that, the year they both was going off. And I think that's going to be the same season when Julio and A.J. Brown. I think this helps both of them. I think it helps Brian Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Sheesh. Man, that offense is going to be on fire. So I think any one of those guys you choose, it won't hurt you to pick either one of them first. Well, I believe uh, uh, with Julio Jones, I believe as long as he's healthy, he will go back to his 1,400-yard type of seasons. The catches may not be anywhere close to 100, but with the running game of Derrick Henry, who is the best running back he's ever played with on the NFL level, the yards per catch will go up. The touchdowns will go up. They did not trade for him to only give him five touchdowns a year. So he will get double-digit touchdowns this year. I believe it's going to be a great year for Julio as long as he's healthy. Next up, we have Ron Rivera said there will be a quarterback competition in training camp. I have one question for y'all. Which quarterback will start the most games for the Washington football team this year? Well, I'm going to answer that one first. Uh, I love Tyler Haneke, man. I think it would be him. I think what the guy showed last year, man, you put, you, you know, he was thrown into the fire. And he wasn't, you know, he didn't get burned. And to come in on a playoff like that, man, and play like the way he played unknown, you just don't sit there and, and put it right in his bed because he gets hot every once in a while. I think Taylor Hineke will go out there and prove why he should be the starter of the Washington Reds uh, football team. For me, I, I understand the Taylor Hineke hype and dynasty. I picked him up in a few leagues as well, just because you can never have enough quarterbacks. So we tend to take a uh, more of a dynasty approach in this uh, podcast. But uh, I'm going to have to disagree. I think it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, just because I think he's going to give them that le- veteran leadership that they're looking for. Uh, he's probably has the best tools, given what they look to do this offseason. They added a lot of pass catchers. Uh, they have Terry McLaurin. They added Curtis Samuel. They drafted the Army Brown. You still got Antonio Gibson out of background, uh, out of backfield. You got uh, J.D. McKissick, uh, Jared Patterson they added. So they have a lot of pass catchers in here. I I, I think that fits more Brian Fitzpatrick's kind of game. Tell Heineke, too, we can't forget. He's, he's what is he, a 28-year-old journey quarterback, 29? So he's not some rookie. They got him out of the XFL, I believe it was, He's had opportunities to do this in the past. I like the way that he did look in the playoff game versus Tampa Bay. But if you have to ask me who's going to start more games, I think it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I believe Taylor Henneke will be the guy that starts the most games for the Redskins. The problem with the Washington football team is they made the playoffs. Now they pick up a guy who is a natural-born gunslinger. They made it to the playoffs last year with game managers. I don't know if Ryan Fitzmagic could – tone it down and be that and lessen the turnovers. So I think Taylor Haneke will be the guy that will prevail for the for Ron Rivera and the football team. And last but not least, Kyler Murray said he wants to run less this year. Based on that statement, does this have any negative fantasy effect to his uh, value moving forward? For me, I'm going to say no, because to be honest, Kyler Murray, even though he has the ability to run, I never saw him as a guy that added value and fantasy with his legs. So if he does, he's going to do it mostly through the air. I don't think when you look at him, you necessarily think of a Lamar Jackson type, Michael Vick, 
most of his ability comes being able to play in Cliff Kingberry's offense. I mean, him looking to run less, I, I mean, that's fine by me. It, that offensive line, though, I, I, I think it's almost unavoidable. So he's going to have to. But I don't think this really changes anything for uh, Kyler Murray. Well, you know, I sort of agree with you on that one, Mage. But the thing with, with me and Kyler Murray is the fact that everybody expects him to run, you know, because of his fast his fast legs, his rubber legs, his, his, his ability to move out the pocket the way he does and get touchdowns. So I don't know if it's less, it's like <laughs> five to 20, 10 times less than what he did last year. But, I mean, then you challenge in his arm. So, I mean, does he really have the, the, the guys – on his team to really spread the ball out like that and be that top guy. I mean, what makes him special is to me is his legs. But I, I sort of agree with that statement, though. I, I don't think it's going to hurt anything if he if he decides to run less. I agree with both of y'all on this one. I don't think this will hurt him. Yeah, he may run less, but his rushing touchdowns will probably be not as high, but close to it. Maybe around seven to eight for this season. Um, you know, with AJ Green and uh, Rondell Moore. Uh, you know, they have they have really have a few targets from last year. Um, I think uh, his value will be in the passing game and anything that comes in the running game will be, you know, uh, a cherry on top. So uh, that is our fantasy notes for the week. Just to uh, finish up there with Kyler Murray, too, just something I, I honestly I don't remember him running all that much. But then again, I don't watch a lot of Arizona games, but. He was second in the league last year in rushing yards amongst all quarterbacks with 819, only behind Lamar Jackson. But unlike Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson had 1,005 yards rushing, only 2,700 yards passing. The next highest quarterback after Kyler Murray was Cam Newton, 592 yards, only 2,600 yards passing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kyler Murray Mm -hmm. did have almost 4,000 yards passing. So I think that's what we're all talking about. So if Kyler Murray runs, what, 300, 400 yards less, I think he can easily pick that up in the passing game, throw for 4,200, almost 4,500 yards in that offense there. So um, the fact that he wants to run less, I I, I don't think it means anything. Uh, It's probably smart for a young quarterback. Uh, We see how Russell Wilson is getting beat up in Seattle. So with his mobility, (laughs) Russell Wilson happened to be fourth among sole quarterbacks in terms of rushing yards. It feels but, like Russell Wilson, based on when he started his career, it feels like he doesn't run at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson had 513 yards on uh, 83 attempts. I mean, the top three guys all had over 130 attempts. So it's definitely a lot less. Uh, you can tell he's trying to do, I guess, less of that. Uh, 40 yeah. touchdowns, 4,200 yards passing. So Whew. let's move on to our wide receivers this week. In our under 24 dynasty rankings. And we say dynasty rankings because that's where age matters most. All right, let's kick off our under 24 wide receiver rankings. Same thing as we did last week. We'll do a round table. We'll go one through three, four through seven, and then eight through ten. Let's start with our boy Big Blue, who was not here last week because he was busy graduating. Let's, yes, let's sir, hear it. Yes, my number one, under 24, I got to go with my cousin, A.J. Brown. My second one, I got to go with my man in Seattle, D.K. Metcalf. That's my number two. 
And around it all from number three, I got to go my man JJ for Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson. And that's my top three for the wide receivers right now under 24 years old. All right, Matt, who do you got? I'm assuming that this isn't going to change much for uh, for us, but go ahead, Matt. Give us your top three. It's not going to change at all. Number one is his cousin, A.J. Brown. Number two is Justin Jefferson. And number three is D.K. Metcalf. Um, you know, A.J. Brown seems like he's, you know, he's going to get a lot more help with uh, the addition of Julio. And I believe more help means more production. So uh, expect his numbers to go up across the board, catches, yards, and touchdowns. So those are my top three. All right. So my top three, I do have the same players in the top three, different orders. I'm going with DK Metcalf, number one. I'm going with Justin Jefferson, number two. And I'm going with A.J. Brown, third, because, Matt, I'm disappointed. You say this all the time, man. Opportunities are king. I think with DK Metcalf, dad, being the younger guy, Tyler Lockett kind of on his way out. Well, how old is Tyler Lockett? 28, going to be 29 heading into the season? Probably close to that, yeah, something like so, that. And then you got Adam Thielen in Minnesota. Just, uh, Justin Jefferson is a young guy there. He's definitely going to be that alpha wide receiver. Adam Thielen, I believe, is going to be over 30 heading uh, into this year. And then A.J. Brown, still young at the age of 23, but they did trade for Julio Jones, who you expect to at least be there another year, two years, maybe longer. We'll see. So A.J. Brown is going to have those opportunities or targets stolen from him, where I think the other two are just coming into it. Anything that you guys want to talk about or discuss with your top three in terms of your analysis? Big Blue, we didn't really hear from you. Why do you uh, why do you have A.J. Brown first ahead of D.K. and J.J.? A.J. Brown came into this league. Nobody wasn't expecting him to be <laughs> what he what he did or expect him to do what he did, rather. And the guy just has raw talent, man. Um, <laughs> and now we're having somebody like Julio over, over there with him. It is going to make him look even better. The guy didn't need the help he needed from the first year. He proved to be a number one receiver. He's he's hard to cover. He's a beast. He's fast. He got good hands. He doesn't turn the ball over. So that's why I had him ranked over those guys because of the second, you know, the second year he came in and he's going to prove it this year too. I got Justin Jefferson number three. I'm, I'm going to skip over DK. I got Justin Jefferson number three because I think the guy is just, like you said, Adam Thin is getting older. Um, he's another guy that came in and was like, wow, shocked a lot of people. Um, and this year, I, I don't think that he's going to slow down in any at all. Um, he's got to give him the ball. I don't even know if, if uh, Cousins would be there throughout the season, but who knows? But I still like Justin Jefferson. You know, the reason why I got DK, DK Metcalf at number two, because, again, the guy is just he – just, he's just a top talent. He's just an all-around top talent guy who also knows how to spread the, spread the field, has good hands, and he just got un- unbelievable speed. Yeah, I mean, you know, Justin Jefferson, he already – proved himself to be uh, an alpha male halfway through his rookie season. And it also helps to have Adam Thielen there to take some pressure off of him, but he's ready to to claim that wide receiver one role. As for DK Metcalf, I mean, you know, 900-yard season, his rookie year, he got, what, close to, what, 1,400 yards his second year? I mean, he he's ready to rock and roll. So, you know, those two guys, they don't need much uh, analysis for me. <laughs> All right, Matt, give us your four through six. 
All right, number four, I have uh, Jamar Chase. Number five, C.D. Lamb. And number six, uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, Claypool, I think his numbers will explode a little bit more because Big Ben is finally healthy from his elbow injury. Um, you know, expect more big plays from him. C.D. Lamb, you know, he's getting his quarterback back. Uh, they're already raving about him even more. So, you know, his numbers should go up. And Amari Cooper, he might miss some time. Hopefully not, but he might miss some time. So, you know, be on the lookout for that. And, you know, with Jamar Chase, his quarterback vouched for him. They got the, the, his quarterback, uh, his main target in college or from college. Um, we already know they like to throw the ball a lot. And also with uh, T. Higgins there, and Tyler Boyd there, that should help with his transition from eventually becoming a wide receiver one for the Bengals. So that's my four, five, and six. I am also going to roll with, well, I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb fourth. I am going to go with Jamar Chase fifth. And I'm not ready to give up on this guy yet. I want to see him with a real quarterback. I'm going to go with Jerry Judy sixth mm. Mm. so those are my three cd lamb you pretty much elaborate on he's gonna be in a high volume passing attack to be honest i almost forgot about cd lamb but i think cooper with the amount of money that he's owed there i think cd lamb will eventually take over the wide receiver one role uh jamar chase remains to be seen but he is with it he is back with his college quarterback in a high-volume passing offense. So we talked about this on an earlier podcast with how many pass attempts Joe Burrow had in just one game. So I don't think that's going to change much. They didn't do much to really fix that offensive line. And Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy is one of the best route runners out of college, man. Unfortunately, he played with Drew Locke last year. I think if Teddy Bridgewater starts in Denver – I think that's going to do wonders for Jerry Judy because it helps Jerry Judy can shorten the field with his route running ability benefits Teddy Bridgewater. Who's kind of an intermediate type of passer. So I think their games would align better than it would with drew lock. I just think that Jerry Judy is too good of a wide receiver to not have him in my top 10 as a route runner. Big blue. Mm. Well, I shook my eyes up. I get different, you know, Number four, I, I I like my man Brandon Ayuk. And number four, at number five, I have Chase Claypool. At number six, I have C.D. Lamb. The reason why I like Brandon Ayuk, man, the guy is just—he's all over the field. If he's not going to get you in in passing, he's going to get you in rushing. And he's—he—he he doesn't have any signs of being whacking either either on. I like him in our offense. I like him with Shanahan. And when Shanahan loves you, he loves you. Um, I think he's going to be used more this season. Um, so I like him. I like him in the offense. Um, the reason why we would chase Claypool, I think he's taken, he takes a big step up this year. I think the connection with him and Big Ben is going to get stronger. Um, I still don't see him as being the number one yet, but I, I think he'd be a viable number two. I think he would be something that, you know, get a lot of red zone targets. Um, he's sort of like a young Julio to me. Um, number six, I like C.D. Lamb. Um, one reason being because, you know, Dak Prescott is back. He's been raving about him. The guy's been doing pretty good in, in training camp. Um, 
he's a good receiver. So, I mean, I, I, I like him now with Dan Prescott being back in the offense. But, you know, like I said, Amari Cooper is somehow is on his way out. But even though he had an impressive season last year, but I think with that, you know, City Lamb will, will take over that number one receiver. All right. I'm going to go seven through 10 here. I do have Brandon Ayuk. I got Brandon Ayuk at seven. I do like Brandon Ayuk. I, I, I just feel like I'm going to love him even more once Trey Lance finally takes over in that offense. But I love his phys- physicality, played really well down the stretch. I think Brandon Ayuk is certainly uh, the guy to own there. I like him more than Debo in that San Francisco offense. Mm. At number eight, I'm going with Miko Hardman. I like Miko Hardman, still only 23 years old. He is the perfect transition from Tyreek Hill. At some point, we saw it this year, that Casey had to give up um, some of the offensive line, although they did fix it through the draft, through trades. I don't know if they will be able to continue to afford Tyreek Hill for a lot longer. Miko Harmon is pretty much a spinning image of that. And now with Sammy Watkins gone, Miko Harmon's going to get more opportunities in that offense. They're going to spread the ball. And he does exactly what Patrick Mahomes does really well. So I like Miko Hardman. And I'm going to go with two rookies from this year's draft. I typically, we talked about this last week, Matt. I typically don't necessarily put rookies in top tens because I want to see the transition from the NFL. I know I'm kind of being a little biased because I had Jamar Chase uh, after C.D. Lamb earlier. So I am going with Jalen Waddle at nine, and I'm going with Devonta Smith at ten. I like Jalen Waddle more as a uh, player. I like his speed, uh, albeit we'll see how he comes back from that ankle injury. Devonta Smith, I do like him as a talent. Don't necessarily like him on Philly. That's why I got him 10th. Big blow. Your number six is actually my number seven. Um, is Jerry Judy. Um, my number eight is my his twin, Henry Ruggs. And number nine would be Michael Pittman Jr. And number 10 would be LaVisca Chenault. All right. But I got to hear your reasoning. I know you love Henry Ruggs, man, but you got to tell everybody why you're high on him. Why you have him ranked where you do? Well, last year, you know, I know what Henry Ross is capable of. You know, I watched the guy his whole college career in Alabama, um, same way as Jerry Judy. I know what he's capable of. And what we saw last year with the injuries and, and coming in and, little, you know, trying to learn the offense just wasn't him. So I think this year, I think he will be what, you know, they drafted him to be. The guy has super talent, man. He's a great route runner. He has great speed. Nobody can defend him on, on, on the outside. And I think, you know, if Derek Carr can get, you know, the ball downfield, it has to be Henry Ruggs, the one who gets the ball. The guy just, you know, he just, he has awesome hands. And he has just like, he just, he has that, he's, he has raw talent. So I'm believing him this year to, to, to step into that role that I know he can be. All right. And then give us your quick thoughts on uh, Pittman and Chanel. I like Michael Pittman for the reason being, um, you know, last year he stepped up a little bit, but there's some other body in the bus in the offense that's just gonna, you know, I'll, I'll beat him. I think I'm, I'm not believing. It. I think Carson Wentz will be that that quarterback he needs. I think they will build a great rapport. He's another good wide receiver that's that's being overlooked. Um, I like his style of play, and he's another guy that has good talent. 
he also is the one that, you know, on the outside can get open in, 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 in the end zone. And my other guy was LaVisca Chenault, man. I was hiring him last season. I was hiring him last season. I drafted I me. Mean, I actually had him on my team. Um, he didn't get to play as much, but, you know, he's, he's, he's that – the army, the army Swiss knife, and he, that, that those type of receivers, man, they stay on the field for everything. And I think he just, and I'm hearing good reports about him in training camp. He's turned out, he turned the coach's eyes, you know what I'm saying? So I think the sky's the limit for him this year. I don't think it's going to be who we thought it think is going to be. And I think Trevor Long's going to love him. He's going to find him a lot because he loves those guys. He can dish the ball down to, and 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 can go deep. And that's who Lavisca is. All right, Matt. At number seven, I have uh, Brandon Ayuk, you know, with a healthy quarterback situation this year, a healthy Kittle and a healthy Debo. All three of them should be able to feed off each other, of, off of each other this year. Uh, number eight, Darnell Mooney. Uh, you know, it's just him and Allen Alan Robinson out there. Um, you know, they have a strong running game. It'll be interesting to see who the court starting quarterback is, but uh, I expect Mooney to take a huge step forward this year. At number nine, LaVisca Chenault. Chenault is pissed off right now. And the reason why I say that is because the head coach came on and said he desperately wanted Kadarius Tony. Mm-hmm. LaVisca Chenault plays like Kadarius Tony. Mm-hmm. They drafted Travis Etienne to be uh, Percy Harvin. LaVisca Chenault could play like Percy Harvin in this offense. He could play the outside. He could play the slot. The Jaguars really don't have a tight end to man the middle of the field. LaVisca Chenault is tough enough and strong enough to catch them passes, you know, 15 yards in the middle down the field. So I expect him to have a big year this year, along with playing Wildcat here and there. And last but not least, at number 10 is Jerry Judy. Um, you know, obviously, he was supposed to be the best wide receiver, second coming over Odell last year. That didn't happen. Hopefully, Teddy Bridgewater is a starting quarterback. Pat Shermer, who we all know, is going to do whatever he can to get him open. So hopefully his confidence level as a player is a lot higher than it was last year. And with Cortland Sutton coming back, that should open things up a little bit more for him to take advantage of making big plays and, you know, hopefully scoring more touchdowns. So that is my seven through 10. All right. So just to sum it up for everybody, my top 10, DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Jamar Chase, Jerry Judy, Brandon Ayuk, Nicole Hardman, Jalen Waddle, and Devonta Smith. For Big Blue, we got A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, Brandon Ayuk, Chase Claypool, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Michael Pittman, LaVisca Chenault, and for boy Big Matt, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, C.D. Lamb, Chase Claypool, Brendan Ayuk, Darnell Mooney, LaVisca Chenault, and Jerry Judy. Yes, sir. I like it, boys. I love it. For the most part, we uh, 
we had a lot of similar players. Some players uh, that you guys had and I didn't was in um, Chase Claypool, Ruggs, Mooney, Chenault, Pittman. I like it. Nice. I, like I, like, I would like to add one thing. With this wide receiver position, with uh, the, all these guys under the age of 24, we all kind of have the similar list, but I just feel like the NFL is in good hands with the, the star-studded wide receivers moving forward for like the next five or ten years. What, what do you guys think about that? Mm, I agree. I definitely you know, Because eventually we got to, you know, move on from – you know, DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans and, you know, Julio Jones, AJ, you know, AJ Green. Eventually, you know, we're going to need the next man up. And this list shows us, like, the, the next man up is pretty damn good. <laughs> That's a lot of guys, man. That's a lot of good guys. It's a lot of good guys. And I think you, you're right. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I think some of these guys already took over some of them names in the NFL, like D-Hop and, some other, I mean, you know, besides D Hop and Devontae Adams, to me, ain't all the receivers, Julio and Michael Thomas, that nobody would, you know, these guys were here, just they crazy, got crazy talent. You would really have to think you got Justin Jefferson sitting there and you got somebody like that, <laughs> like Julio or, or, or D Hop. You can't go wrong by picking Justin Jefferson. And they like, you know what I'm saying? So that- Dynasty definitely and redraft, yeah. Yes, I, that's that's it is, most definitely. You, you want you know, you can't go wrong with that. So I think we're in good hands, man, for the next few seasons. Mage, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with uh, what both of you had to say. I think that uh, wide receiver is easily the most replaceable position in the NFL, regardless whether it's past year's draft class, next year's draft class. We're always going to see guys emerge, no matter what. There are guys that were drafted later on that people were high on. Uh, one name that we didn't mention, Gabriel Davis, right, out of mm. Buffalo. He was drafted mm. late that a lot of people are high on. So, um, yeah, I, I don't get too overhyped about the wide receiver position. I know that Big Blue loves his wide receivers. But uh, – it's one position that there's always going to be turnover at every single year. And everybody's always going to find the guy every year, no matter what. So I think it's one of the most easily replaceable uh, skill positions in the NFL, especially for fantasy football. Mm-hmm. That's why mm-hmm. I laugh at people that go zero running back strategy in fantasy. It makes no sense. <laughs> Literally get yourself a stud running back. And then every year there's wide receivers that come out. You, you're drafting wide receivers in the second round, in the third round of rookie draft. So Bingo. All right, so let's move over to our last segment, sticking the wide receivers. Let's give us your wide receiver sleepers for 2021. Let's start with Big Blue. Big Blue, give us one wide receiver sleeper. LaVisco Chanel. Reason why? Reason why? Because he's going to be overlooked in our offense. For the things that came out that was saying about like like Matt just said a few minutes ago, you got DJ Shark there, you got these other guys, and and, and he's just gonna be nobody's really gonna pay attention to him, but he will, he will wake you up. All right, Matt. Who's yours? My sleeper for this year is Mike Williams. Whenever you hear the head coach or the offensive coordinator speak during the offseason, you must listen. The Chargers offensive coordinator said he believes Mike Williams will have quote unquote nice numbers and sees a big role for him. 
the offensive coordinator, he just came over from the Saints. You look at Mike Williams, uh, you know, is he similar to Michael Thomas? I don't know. Maybe. We shall see. So with that being said, Justin Herbert going to be more comfortable. Austin Eckler, hopefully the running game is going to be more stable. They did their best repairing the offensive line. Mike Williams, I pray that he stays healthy. If he does, I expect his best year across the board. Catches yards and touchdowns. All right. I'm going to go even deeper. I'm going to dig into the 14th round on redrafts, and I'm going to give you a guy that's being drafted in this ADP ranking. It only goes 15 rounds, all right? And just to give you an example, everybody drafted in the 15th round is a kicker or, or team defense. For this sake, it pretty much stops at four, at the end of 14. I'm going to go with the 14.11 on his ADP. Give me Darius Slayton. Mm. I know that right now, this is on this home. It sounds like a bit of a homer podcast because last week I went with Daniel Jones as my sleeper quarterback. Well, give me his wide receiver, Darius Slayton, as well. Why Darius Slayton, Mage? I'll tell you. I'm glad that you asked. They're going to have Kenny Galladay opposite whoever's starting on the other end. Now, some people, as Giants fans, Matt, we've talked about this. Who do you play outside? Is it Darius Slayton? Is it Sterling Shepard? Guess what? It doesn't matter because Darius Slayton can play both in the slot and he can play outside. Darius Slayton has a sub 4-4 speed, so he can take the top off of defenses as well. Guess what? That's fine. You don't want to play him outside? You want to play him in the slot? Do that because it's going to allow him to work underneath with that speed also. I see Darius Slayton being honestly here, the second guy on the Giants to break 1,000 yards receiving outside of Kenny Galladay. Ooh, that's a hot take. I don't even think I would even go that far. I'm, 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 I'm kind of shocked right now. <laughs> I do. And the other thing, there's a few things behind it as well. John Ross is a little banged up, right? Kadarius Tony, as of right now, is working with the twos. Now, I know that there's been some talk about the injury history. Darius Slayton has played through his injuries. He sure did. Give me Darius Slayton to stay on the field with his speed. I know that that last year he played through his injuries as well. He's a tough guy. So even at six foot one, uh, about 200 pounds, is a little under or just right right about. I like Darius Slayton. I like him to be that number two wide receiver in this Giants offense opposite Kenny Galladay. That's my deep sleeper. I'm, I'm I'm kind of surprised that that's that's more of a hot take than 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 anybody else, man. I'm I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah, I'm, you know what? Kind of you and shocked. Big Blue aren't the only ones here that can give unpopular fantasy opinion. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of shocked. I don't even want to say mine. I think I'm going to steal that. <laughs> exactly. Make, make me think a little bit harder now. Okay. That's, that's, I see you. Did that. I'm glad because I'm making you boys proud. So. <laughs> I like that. Mm. All right, Big Blue, who's your next sleeper? My next sleeper is my man, Michael Pitt, man, Joe Garrett. Listen, man, rookie last season, new quarterback. People thinking that report is not going to be there. You see T.Y. Hilton. To me, he's name a game. If people don't understand her name a game, that's me. We just say, well, guys who just have the name but doesn't have the game anymore. And that's who T.Y. Hilton is. If you see that name, it's like, oh, T.Y. Hilton's still landing. Oh, the running game's going to get going. Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman has been working 
hard together. And one thing Michael Pippen did not do, he didn't give up his number. What that shows, respect. I'm not getting now. When you build, when you work with your quarterback, that builds your paw. Michael Pittman is going to be the number one target in Indianapolis. Him and Carson Wentz will build chemistry, and they're going to be the next. Mark my words. Listen to me carefully. They're going to be the next. Peyton Manning and Marvin Harris. Michael okay, Pittman uh, not quite built like Marvin Harrison, but <laughs> I get I, I, I get you what you're saying though. I, I like the I like the quarterback wide receiver tandem though. Okay, okay, I, I I like it. I like it. For me, uh, next guy to keep your eye on is uh, DJ Shark. Uh, you know he had a down year last year. They got to upgrade that quarterback. Offensive system is going to be a little more explosive than what it was the first two years for Shark. Um. Head coach challenged him to the point where he added, you know, close to 10 pounds of muscle. You know, he wants to handle that wide receiver one role for the Jaguars. So look out for him to have career highs across the board and catch his yards and touchdowns. I got to say, for for sleepers, you guys didn't go too deep into uh, into some sleepers here. I mean, you guys are picking guys that have uh, – I mean, both of uh, Big Blue's picks were uh, kind of ninth-round ADPs. You, DJ Chark, is even a lot earlier. So, But I get it, though, because he kind of fell off last year in terms of production. DJ Chark currently has a 6.12 ADP, so he's being taken in the last pick of six rounds, average ADP. Um, I'm a little surprised, though. I expected uh, expected a little bit deeper sleepers out of you guys, especially you, Matt. Um, That's where people make their money. That's what you tell me. I am sorry. You're absolutely right. <laughs> all right we we got time i'm gonna i'm gonna probably ask you guys for one more so okay all right my next sleeper and there were so many other guys here i like to look at the bottom of the barrel some guys that people probably aren't looking at so only five spots ahead of darius slayton i'm gonna mm. go with denzel mims mm. so denzel mims Again, new system there. Michael LaFleur is the offensive coordinator. Uh, They signed Corey Davis. Corey Davis will probably be the one. We know that Corey Davis has a little speed. Corey Davis also has a catch problem as well. I think that they're going to rely on Denzel Mims. They're also asking Jamison Crowder to now take a pay cut. They want Jamison Crowder to go from $10 million to $5 million. Jamison Crowder has not shown up for OTAs. And I don't think he plans to. If he does not take a pay cut, Jamison Crowder could be a cap casualty. The Jets did draft Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore would probably fill in as a slot receiver there for Jamison Crowder, allowing Denzel Mims to work outside. They got the strong arm quarterback in Zach Wilson. I believe that benefits Denzel Mims quite a bit. I'm assuming that Corey Davis will probably get more of the double coverage allowing Denzel Mims to work more one-on-one. I'm not really sure what the future holds. I hate to say it, but I'm definitely going on a gut check for this one. Mm. Mm. That's a nice one. So now we are about at the 45-minute mark, so we do have time here. This podcast went a little bit faster than expected. Why don't you guys go ahead and give me one more sleeper, see if you got one off at the top of your head. If you guys aren't ready, I saw one here that 
it's going a lot later and then expected. So I can start if you guys aren't ready either. I, I have my name ready. All right, let's hear from you. Who's gonna move? Mine is John Brown. You know, going to the Oakland, going to the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm sorry. Um, he's basically signed there to be what what Henry Ruggs was supposed to be. Uh, you know, or maybe he's just replacing Tyrell Williams. But the opportunities, the targets will be there. Um, if the you know Henry Ruggs and the other guy, what's his name, Brandon Thomas, I believe the other rookie. I got his name wrong. Well, anyway, if those two guys fail to show up. John Brown will every week. So, you know, he's going to be overlooked, obviously. But Derek Carr and the head coach, they're going to trust veteran wide receivers. And, and in this case, they might not have any choice. So that bodes well for John Brown. Mm. So who do you like later on in ADP? I like – well, Matt said one earlier, and I, that's Darnell Mooney. Um, listen <laughs> – the guy's a good receiver, man. And and when you got somebody like Allen Robson and Donnell Mooney over there with just them two, the guy showed signs last season and, and playing with Wax, uh, what's this guy named Foles? He was he was yo, he was <laughs> he was getting past the fitness and it, and it kind of blew my mind. The guy's got super tremendous speed. He can spread the field and like he's definitely just gonna be a main sleeper because the first name you hear in Chicago is gonna be Allen Robinson. Nobody's gonna think about down and all that morning like that. So you can definitely get him late. Another one of my guys is Alan Lazard. I think people overlooking him for getting the talent that he has. And Rodgers still loves him. It wasn't there last year. He got bruised up a little bit. Even when he came in the game, uh, and Rodgers was still forcing him to ball on some routes. Um, I still like him. He was my guy last year. Um, but because of the injury, he's gonna be overlooked. And now offensive and Rodgers was there. You better look out for Alan Lazard. And this people I haven't never said his name in a while, but Kendrick Bourne. Watch out for Kendrick Bourne. I think he's a you know under what you call it, underrated. Um, he's just that guy that you happen to look up and like the ball's gonna be thrown to who? Oh, who the heck is Kendrick Bourne? He always surprises to come out of nowhere. And I think he's gonna be one of those main options in the offense in the, the Patriots. Yeah, we talked about Kendrick Bourne last week um, in the quarterback rankings because I had uh, Mac Jones pretty high in the quarterbacks under 24. But a few names that I'm seeing here late in ADPs. Now, and again, this is basically from a redraft perspective, even though we did, we tend to discuss more fantasy football. But I'm just going to go off, throw out a few names here that I'm seeing late. At 14.04, Paris Campbell. I mean, Paris Campbell is a guy with speed. You mm-hmm. figure he's probably going to play in a slot. He's a guy to watch out for in Indianapolis as well. Mm-hmm. Paris Campbell is one. Traquan Smith is another guy that mm-hmm. I like. That's probably going to take on that number two role in New Orleans. The question is, how is that offense going to look without Drew Brees? So Traquan, Traquan Smith is a speedster. As long as they can utilize his field, uh, his speed down the field, I think that he's going to be useful there as well. So Traquan Smith is another guy. Traquan is going fourteen oh one. A guy that I mentioned earlier was um, Miko Hardman. Miko Hardman is going in the third round, uh, uh, 13th round. So he's currently going at 1304 ADP. Miko Hardman, another guy that I really like. So you have a couple wide receivers out there late. Now, when you think about, you know, in terms of ADP sleepers, 
not a whole lot of running backs out there. But when we you, we come back to uh, Matt's question about wide receivers, there's still wide receivers to be had in the 14th and 13th rounds. You're not going to get your running backs there, but you can still get some steals at wide receiver, though. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that Matt didn't touch on in his news and notes that I saw today, since we got a little bit extra time, I want to bring up. Uh, how do you guys feel about the news that came out today? They don't want Mixon, Joe Mixon, mm. playing <laughs> a lot of snaps this year. I am completely happy about that. I have never been high on Joe Mixon. Well, um, tell, tell us why. Because I actually did pick up your guy based on your advice in a uh, in another fantasy league. Actually, I've been keeping an eye on him. I just, listen, <laughs> he never had it to me. He never been a, a number one uh, runner back. I don't like his 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 his, his skill set. I just, I just never been crazy about him. I just don't think he's that good. I don't think he's very overrated. And I've been telling people that for, for years. So, listen, that guy they had, they drafted, if you can get him, get him. All right, the guy that Big Blue is talking about, he told me to make sure to go pick him up. He likes him a lot in fantasy drafts. He said that he believes he's going to have a really good year. The name is Puka Williams. Puka Williams. Ah. Ah. So, he's Big Blue's guy so much that he forgot who he was. I did. Uh. Him, sorry. <laughs> well, Bring it for it, my well, sorry. Well, my, my guy, you know, as far as, you know, who's going to pick up the slack for – for, you know, Gio Bernard being gone. I believe it is a guy from Michigan, uh, Chris Evans, who I wanted the Giants to draft. Um, you know, he comes in with the size and the speed. And, uh, you know, Puka Williams, I know he was undrafted. You know, maybe he makes the roster. But I think I think for a fact, it's going to be Chris Evans to pick up the slack that Gio Bernard has left. If what the head coach is saying is true about Joe Mixon, maybe they're just trying to spoon for him spoon feeding them early in the season. But, uh, but uh, you know, if, if, if what they say is true, Chris Evans will pick up the slack. Matt's got some fast and furious stuff going on over by him. So yeah, I'm, I'm in my mobile office right now. You know, the, the, the kid, the, the kids had hijacked the, the, you know, my room. So, you know, I'm sorry, fellas. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't see it as a bad thing. We talked about this as giants fans as well, or at least we talked about it on clapback sports I don't see it being a bad thing. Giants are probably going to do this for Saquon Barkley as well. And I know people don't want to hear it, but the Giants signed Devonta Booker. They claimed uh, Corey Clement, Raquel Armstead. They drafted Gary Brightwell. I don't think there's anything wrong with Saquon Barkley not being a bell cow. Let him give him the breaks that he needs. Let him do what he does best, which is making people miss in the open field, catching that ball out of backfield. I kind of feel the same way about this with Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon played in 14 games in 2017, 14 games in 2018, played a full season in 2019, six games last year. Take the load off of Mixon. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Joe Mixon had 4.9 yards uh, per touch in 2018, 4.1 in 2019. You know, let him produce uh, over a thousand yards both of those years. So if he if, if keep him fresh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I hate to say it, we saw it for a while that they started to do quarterback or running back by committee. 
where everybody was getting touches. Then they kind of went away from it a little bit. Everybody had a bell cow again. And now it's kind of going back to let's take some of that pressure off of the running back. So, like Mr. Chris always says, running backs don't matter, right, Chris? I always say that. And you know, and all and also with uh, this new 17 game season, teams are are, you know, are gonna try and figure out how to manage the workload for not just the running backs for but for all positions. So it's gonna be real interesting to see, you know, how much this extra game will affect fantasy football for the season. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right. So as we touch on that one hour mark, do you guys have any final words? I do. Listen, guys, forget that tradition thing used to go through, man. Go draft running backs first. It's a million receivers. Get the strongest running backs you can first and then bring your wide receivers. You won't be disappointed. You know what, Big Blue? It warms my heart to hear you say that because I think you're finally warming up to that. I, I, I was in one draft with you. I believe you went six wide receivers in a row. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> kind of crazy there. <laughs> I think that was a change this year. Change this year. It warms my heart to hear you say that. So, Matt, any final words? You know, just to touch on what Big Blue just said, you know, running back lives do matter. Uh, you know, if you want to win, that's the route that you need to go. Uh, tight ends is only the top three. Outside of that is everybody else. Hopefully you get lucky with finding another Robert Tanyan. But maybe I'll give you a few names later when we get to the tight end position. Uh, wide receivers, like you said, is a dime a dozen. Uh, you know, I know we're not there yet to the beginning of the season, but I'm in a bunch of re- uh, uh, dynasty leagues right now. Get your running backs early and often. All right. Next week, we are going to continue our under 24 series with the running backs. So make sure you tune in next week for that. That is going to wrap up this episode of the Fantasy Football Shop. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Peace and love, everyone.